Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of X-Band the Phantom Podcast. This episode we'll be discussing the Chronicle Chamber gathering that was at the Supernova convention in Sydney last weekend as well as the Lee Fork Memorial Bengala Explorers Club dinner which was the 25th, 27th? 6th. 26th. 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 And as you can hear, Jermaine is of course with me as always. How are you, Jermaine? Pretty good, thank you. Everyone else? Cool. Well, we're just going to um, jump pretty much straight into the discussion. So, as you would know if you've been following the website or our Facebook, um, each year we, since, oh, I think this is the fourth one now, so for about four years, every year we've been having a meeting at uh, the Supernova Convention in Sydney, where um, a whole bunch of Wii Fan and fans meet up and um, trade stories and collectibles and then go back into the con and fight over what's uh, what's there. So this year we had, oh, what was about 10 people, I think, turn up, which I think has probably been our best turnout so far. Um, I think it was 15. Oh, 15, really? Wow. Yeah, because I remember when we were talking, Hello, uh, fine tables. Uh, oh, that's right. We yes. told them it was fifteen of us. Oh, obviously you've got a better memory than <laughs> than I do. I was, <laughs> I was too busy looking at all the cosplays, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, yeah, this year's Supernova. Um, oh, I, I should say too, for those that don't know, the reason we decided to have it at Supernova was that it's a big convention, lots of comic stuff there anyway. So, we sort of thought, well. Those of us that like collecting would, will probably be going there. I would like to at least check it out. So it just sort of worked well. So um, the convention itself is held at the Dome in Sydney, which is part of the Olympic Park. Um, but this year they opened up the whole structures to the convention, and I believe they did last year as well, Jermaine. Um, last year that it was only about half of it that was... Um uh, probably opened up. Okay, because, yeah, last like year... half of the extra room. Yeah, last year I um, wasn't able to go, but the year before that, the last time I went, it was extremely crowded, but this year, because they'd opened up the uh, the whole venue to the convention, it was a lot easier to, to manoeuvre around the crowds. Um, do you reckon the crowd was as big this year? Um, definitely, because it was still... Uh, as big. Yeah. Um, like, I think there's kind of like three sections the way I see it. Is that there was the section where they had all the, um, like the lines for people to sign and stuff. Then they had the other section. Then they had another section. I think last year there was about two sections and it was packed. Yep. And this year it was three sections and it was just as packed, I would say. Um, I guess a lot of, a lot of the crowd was there because, you know, of Stan Lee. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then you had the eye can, and then you had the eye candy of um, uh, for the girls, which was uh, Jamie Lannister from the Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was a lot of eye candy for everyone there. I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I sort of. Felt even though the crowd was probably as big, I think because it was in a bigger area, it was easier to um, move around in. Like it's still, you know, you couldn't sort of swing a cat without hitting people. But I remember last time we were there, 
particularly when we were trying to go through back issues, everyone was jostling and sort of bumping into you, and it was near impossible to um, to go through the boxes. But this year, I found it I found it a lot easier. Um, I don't handle crowds very well, but this year I didn't find myself getting frustrated. There was only really one uh, bottleneck, which was kind of moving past that big tank thing into where they had, I think, Artist Alley. That was kind of the only one I really noticed um, past what they were doing or the cosplay judging because there was, like, one corridor, um, yes, which became yeah. a little bit of a bottleneck. But apart from that, it was a lot better than previous years. Definitely. I think I think opening up the third section was uh was a good idea and it um it was good. And I've I found that there was a few more extra stalls and stuff as well, with it being able to be open that it you know, there's more room for other stalls. Yeah, and Artist Alley was at least double the size that I remember it, which was great, seeing all the local talent there. Yeah, definitely. Well normally what I do is um Go go down there and then get um, uh, someone to do a phantom piece, you know. But I I didn't have time to do that this year. Yeah, yeah. There's so much to see. Um, so I suppose you should say that too. The organisation was a lot better this year. Um, still wasn't perfect, <laughs> but it was better than than previous years as well. So good on the Supernova team for sorting that out. Um, Definitely, I think. I thought the idea of having uh, the little snake uh, line-up concept with the sticky tape was a good idea, but they probably did it a little bit too close. And um, let's be honest, a lot of people that are there are not that skinny. Yeah. Well, I think it was silly putting the lines um, for the well, the sticky tape indicating where the lines should be um, on the floor because once all those people were in there, you couldn't see it. So if they had to use ropes or something, I think it would have worked a bit better. But, um, yeah. But, yeah. But I like, it's the second year in a row they've got people in the building as quick as possible and as early as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think the good thing about that is that it, it's a lot nicer waiting inside than outside. And it also, you know, when people can see that you're getting in inside quicker and earlier, people aren't as frustrated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially when it's raining, it's nice to get in there. But they Which, st- let's, face it, let's face it, it always rains in Sydney. Yeah, that's true. But I still have that stupid thing where you've got to go all the way up this end to, to give them your ticket, and then you've got to all, go all the way back from where you just came from to show them that you've got a wristband and... Yeah, I just I don't understand why they do that each year, but anyway, I'm sure there's a reason. So, um, I suppose we should give a quick mention to um, the cosplaying. There was a lot of cosplaying there, of course, as there there always is at these things. But there were some pretty impressive costumes, um, regardless of what was actually in the costumes. There were still some pretty cool ones. There was a full-on um, Iron Man costume there, which uh, the person in that was walking around wearing a Stan Lee mask, which I thought was quite funny. Um, there was, uh, you know, your you Stormtroopers and um, all that sort of thing as, as well. 
Um, I didn't see any of the Halo guys this year, though. They might have been there, but I didn't actually see any. Um, every year at Supernova that I've been, there's been guys in fiberglass Halo costumes, which is um, always kind of mm. cool to see. Uh, was there any? I you thought could... there was. I thought there wasn't as many like Japanese anime ones as normal. Yeah, there was a lot more comic book ones this year. I thought, which was which was good. Yeah, like there was, um, you know, there's always a good smatter, uh, good display of, you know, like the DC and Marvel characters. Yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, I, it was what I found was that there weren't as many um, uh, the anime ones. I wonder if that was maybe because seeing Stan Lee was there, um, yeah. you know, more people wanting to dress up as uh, as people like that. Um, Rather than, and I know normally they get a lot of like voice actors for anime and stuff like that, so maybe they didn't get as many voice actors for all the anime shows, and so the cosplayers stayed away. Yeah, well, they seem to be a lot more actors from um, TV and stuff. Like you said, um, the guy that plays Jamie Lannister was there. Um, Jamie Bamber, who was in Battlestar Galactica, was there. Um, Rose McGowan, who was in Charmed. Um, Trying to think who else there, but there was a lot. There was a lot there um, compared to previous years, so you know that that could have been a reason as well. That's not to say there wasn't. Yeah, lots of I also know. Yeah, yeah, there's still lots. I also noticed there wasn't as many um, skimpy girls as normal as well. Maybe the cold weather has scared them off. <laughs> no, there, there wasn't as there wasn't as many. There were still a few, but there wasn't as many. Um, the Jessica Rabbit that I saw this year was a lot more, uh, shall we say, restrained than the one I saw the previous year. Um, there was one girl, though, that had made um, like a Gundam, I think that's what it's called, Gundam wing bikini type thing. That was just weird. It was like a bikini with all these, that was half mech, half bikini with all these spikes coming off of it. That was kind of cool. Um there was one girl who had dressed up as uh, Poison Ivy, who I'm sure was quite cold for most of the day. <laughs> and for the ladies, there was a whole group of Spartans running around in regular Spartan attire, basically just red undies and that was it. So I think everyone, you know, had something to look at. Um, I should mention... So that's what that was. Yeah. I saw this guy running around in, in red jocks, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, must be something. And I didn't see him with his armor or spear or anything. I just saw this guy running around in red jocks, but that makes oh, sense okay. now. Yeah, yeah, there was, um, I think, two groups. At least I saw two groups of about six guys each. Um, and most of the guys were, were fairly well built, so, you know, it wasn't just fat dudes in undies running around. Um, I should I should mention too I should give a call out to Fiona Finlay who sent um, sent us a, a tweet at Chronicle Chamber oh sorry at Chronicle underscore tweet saying she was dressing up as Julie Walker but unfortunately we didn't actually run into her at the convention um, I did keep an eye out but I didn't see her anywhere so if anyone has any photos of Fiona or Fiona if you're listening we'd love to see your um see your Phantom cosplay. And if Definitely. anyone else, if anyone else um, cosplayed Phantom, or Mr. Walker, or Devil, even, 
We'd still, we'd love to see that. Alright, well, I suppose we should move on to the most important aspect of Supernova for we Phantom fans, and that is, of course, the great Paul Ryan having his own booth where he was um, meeting fans and, and signing artwork and selling prints and stuff, which um, was made all of us very excited. When we first walked into the convention, we um, all sort of gathered around Paul's desk before we found out that he was going to be late. <laughs> Um, did you hang around Paul's booth um, and wait for him to turn up? Um, or did you depart like most of the rest of us? No, I think I think it was only um, I think it was only Robert uh, who who most people know from um, from the Facebook places and all that. I think he was the only one who stuck around. Yeah. Um, and then I know there was a few others who did as well. Um, I was talking to a couple of others at the dinner and they stuck around as well. But I think the majority of us went out. Um, I, I went out. I uh, what I like to do is I like to do like a quick, quick uh, trip around the whole place. You know, try and find any any phantom things before anyone else does, and then I go around and you know have the have the closer hunt after the artist. But um, I really liked uh, his booth. It was great to see you know this big picture of the phantom. You know, smack you know right as you enter the building. Um, you know, right in front of the entrance and. He had he had four prints, I think it was, yeah. um, which were all taken from his from his covers that he did for Egmont, except one, and that one was where the close up is of a beast, and the Phantom's kind of like in between his chest and his arm. Because that was the opening panel for uh, one of the stories, wasn't it? Well, what it was supposed to be is, uh, as what Paul Ryan uh, told a few of us, and hopefully I remember it correctly, is that it was his first idea for an actual Phantom cover, um, but the editor didn't like it as much. So I think when they when they do a Phantom cover, they do like a couple of different options, as like you know whether it's like a, a sketch or something, and. Um, and what had, and what had happened is seeing the fan wasn't the most prominent. The publisher or the editor, as well as Paul Ryan, agreed that it might have been better to use the other one. So then that way, you know, the fan was a little bit more prominent. Yeah. Um, but, um, although in saying all of that, it it did that that actual piece, the original that he did, he actually did it up and it was donated at the um, at the dinner, but I'm sure we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, I could have sworn I'd seen that piece somewhere before. Um, it's... Because it's, it's about the those beasts in, you know, the half-men, half-beast things that are in, I think it's Egypt or something that he stumbles across. Um, uh, underneath Eden. Underneath the island of Eden. Oh, Eden is it? Yeah, I'm trying to look up uh, in my database now what, what the stories were, but um, the Temple yeah. of the Gods story. Yeah, because there were several parts to that, wasn't it? Oh. Um, yeah, it was. It started off um, in the dailies, actually, when Paul Ryan took over from George Olson, yeah. and then I think it was one or two parts in the dailies, and then it actually ran in the uh, Egmont stories. Yeah, and um, I think that, just looking at my database now, and I'm pretty sure that of those ones that appeared in in the in the uh, Egmont stuff, so in the Frew issues, 
Paul illustrated um, uh, Temple of Gods, the Secret Sect, which is through 1445, and um, Temple of Gods Part 4, Servant of Evil, which is uh, 1464. I think those are the two he did. Um, I could be mistaken. There might be more. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I just remember seeing that image somewhere when I when I saw the the print. So uh, maybe I saw it online or something. I'm just getting muddled because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, his booth, Paul Ryan's booth, was quite good. He had uh, some original artwork, some dailies, some Sundays. Uh, I think it was two or three Egmont stories, and he had some original artwork from some from other um, stuff he's done for DC or Marvel as well. Um, then he uh, he charged everyone five dollars to sign for comics. Mhm. That's not too bad. Um, which I yeah I didn't mind that because I think what it does is it stops people bringing you know a hundred comics and clogging yeah. up the line. Um, for people to sign it because, you know, if you want, most people aren't going to bring a hundred comics to get signed because they're not going to want to pay $500 for that. So, you know, what they'll do instead is they might bring four or five and it just increases the flow a lot quicker. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. I I remember I went to, um, a, a talk given by the um, author and comic writer Neil Gaiman, and the guy that was um, a couple of people in front of me, um, Neil did a signing thing after the, the talk, and the guy that was a couple of people in front of me just dropped this pile of books in front of him. There must have been five or six books there that he wanted signed, and I thought, yeah, that, that's, it's just a bit rude, you know. This guy's taken, you know, time out of his day. He's flown all this way to a you know, when when you think about it, Australia's a fairly isolated country. We're fairly removed from all the others. Um, yeah, and and just to sort of take advantage of that, I thought it was a bit rude. So, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. I think it is good that the creators get something for for their trouble to um, pay for their arthritis medication after they've <laughs> signed so many things. Definitely. So, yeah, and um, I suppose this would be a good a good segue into Paul Ryan's uh, discussion panel, which was all about creating... Well, it was supposed to be all about creating a cover, what makes a good comic book cover. But um, in a conversation quickly swung around to the interior of, of the comics instead. But um, it was quite a good panel. I really enjoyed it. What I liked about it is that I had three different people. Yes. Um, and so I had... An American, so I had two older guys <laughs> who one was American and one was um, uh, British, so it, yeah. English. So it was good in the sense that it kind of gave the two different aspects, you know, like the DC Marvel and then also like, you know, the, the what is it, the 2020 AD or, or, or um, and some of the other British titles. And then you had like the up and coming young guy from Australia as well. So I thought it was quite good in the sense that um, that it enabled a good a wide range of, of discussion and stuff. Yeah. Um, the moderator of the panel, you can tell he was a big fanboy of the um, of the uh, of the English guy. 
Yeah, um, for those that, that are interested, the other two um, artists besides Paul Ryan was David Yarden, who is the Australian artist. He's worked for Image and Marvel. Um, I'm not sure if he's worked for DC, but he's definitely worked for Image and Marvel, and he's, his work's really nice. And then Alan Davies, who um, is the Englishman, and I'm not hugely familiar with his work. I have uh, one or two issues that he's done. Um, he did his Doctor Strange issue, which he actually talked about during the panel, which was nice, uh, which I have in my collection. But um, apart from that, I'm not hugely familiar with his work. But it was very, like Jermaine says, very interesting to get those three different um, views on creating art for comics. And um, interesting to hear how it's changed um, through throughout the history of comics too. That was I thought that was quite um quite eye opening that it's changed so much. I also liked the fact that how com- uh, accommodating they were to like, the people who ask questions and stuff. Yeah, very. And then like um you know, halfway halfway in between it, Paul Ryan just goes, Oh, I wanna draw Tarzan, who's got a bit of paper I can borrow? Yeah. Yeah, and there was a girl, so like, while everyone's talking. Yeah, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so while's you know while everyone else is talking, all that he's drawing this you know lovely piece of Paul Ryan, you know, of a bit of Tarzan and the girl he got the you know the um the bit of paper and the pencil from, you know, she looked absolutely wrapped. Yeah, and she got a, a, a um, Tarzan sketch by Paul Ryan at the end of it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so it would be interesting to see if you could actually, if we could actually get a hold of, um, if they recorded the panel or not. Well, usually they do, and then they put the recordings up on their. Um, on their website, but I'm just checking it now, and that panel doesn't seem to be on here. So I'm hoping they will pull it, put it up, but um, yeah, not sure. Because yep. last year Alex uh, Suviak did one as well. It'll be interesting, maybe, because I know he talked a lot about the fandom in that one. So it might be worth even maybe getting both of them to see if we can maybe, because I'm sure there'll be some listeners out there who who didn't go to either one of them who might be interested in them, so there might be some homework for us, Mark. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to, um, we'll definitely have to look at, look into it. But yeah, it's definitely not on the site at the moment, so hopefully it will, it will be put up there sooner rather than later. So did you get many, uh, Phantom collectibles on, uh, during the Supernova? Um, I actually didn't get heaps of Phantom stuff. Um, I got a few things that I was really keen to, to get. Um, I got the Castaway Toys doll, which, um, I'd been after for a while and was able to find for, for a fairly good price. Um, $70 I paid for that. It's a good price. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. So when I saw it, I grabbed it. Um, I got, uh... Several, well, I say several, probably about a dozen or more um, back issues. A couple of those I got from Luke, who we give a hard time to on this podcast, but he does deliver the goods. So 
I got um, yeah many back issues from Luke that I needed just to sort of replace copies that were, um, you know, a bit damaged in my collection. So now I've got the good copies to keep in the collection and the bashed around ones to read. Um, and I picked up a few extra ones at the convention as well. Uh, I also nice. also picked up this, uh, I guess you would call it a journal, an art journal. Um, there was a stall there at the, at the con and their whole business was based around taking old uh, annuals, like um, Marvel UK annuals, which would basically be uh, three or four issues of any given comic um, interspersed with um, activities, colouring sheets, um, things like that. They also had ones for Doctor Who and they had um, annuals for movies like Lion King and stuff like that. And what they do is they take out all the pages from the annual um, and then between the pages of the annual they put in either lined paper or just blank sketching paper and then they rebind it um, with spiral binding. So you still get everything that was in the original annual as well as pages to write and sketch on. And there happened to be one um, there for Defenders of the Earth, which collected all of the uh, four Marvel issues plus some extra content like puzzles and stuff and, of course, the sketch pages. So being a bit of a sketch sketcher myself and, of course, loving Defenders of the Earth and the Phantom, I thought for $25 it was a pretty cool buy and, and something I think is very very original. I don't know what your um, thoughts are on pulling apart old issues to make something new out of them, but I think it's quite a cool idea myself. I really, really liked it. Yeah, I must have came just after you when I found that place. Yeah. And I asked them if they had any fandom, and they said, oh, we've got one. And then the lady spoke to the guy, and the guy goes, oh, we literally just sold it, so... um, oh, must have just... Yeah, so I... It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, but I had a quick look at them. Like they had some asterisks and Tintin ones and stuff. What I think they do is they get the, the annuals that have kind of got like a, a spine that's been broken or or ripped or or, or something like that. So it, it's good in the sense that they can kind of recycle the old beaten up annual and make it into something quite nice. And yeah, I think it's a great idea. And um. You know, I, yeah, I, I think it was a great idea, and um, I think you got yourself a winner there with the uh, with the Phantom Defenders of the Earth one. Yeah, yeah, it was, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yes, because I originally was going to get a Doctor Who one, and then I just happened to, you know, thought, oh, I'll keep looking and see what else there is. Um, and then, of course, I found that and thought, oh, well, I'm sold. But um, it's interesting what you said about the, um, like, using damage to older, not kind of a little bit past it, and yours, because... A couple of the Doctor Who ones that I saw there, not the one I was going to buy, but one or two of the others, there was a lot of dog earring um, on the corners of the cover, and the covers are um, a hardcover stock, so they're hardcover books, so they would have been, you know, bashed around a, a, a bit. Um, so, yeah, you're probably right when you say that they use, you know, old ones that people have discarded or whatever. Um, one other thing I did get, which I should mention, should give a shout-out to John Cookson, who... Um, brought along uh, the Phantasma Magic Fix sticker set, um, still in its shrink wrap, which is very, very cool, from, um, from is it Sweden, or that's from? Brazil. Brazil, yes. And I, keep, I always get confused which is Phantasma, which is Phantom Man, 
you think I'd have it in my head by now, but anyway. So, yeah, basically uh, the set comes with um, a big sort of poster, I guess you'd call it, of the Skull Cave and the surrounding jungle and several stickers of the Phantom um, Devil, the Phantom Riding Hero, um, a pygmy. Well, I assume he's a pygmy. He's just, um, I guess, a native, but I'm assuming he'll be a pygmy. Um, a treasure chest and I think a hunter or something like that, some sort of bad guy anyway, and then you can arrange the stickers how you like on, on the poster to make a you know action scene. So, yeah, it's quite cool. I remember I used to have something similar to that when I was younger. So the stickers are reusable. Once you've stuck them down, they don't – it's not permanent. You can peel them off and move them around. Um, but, yeah, this will be staying in the shrink wrap because, you know, it's, it's just such a nice box. I don't want to open it. Yeah, um, I saw when I was a kid um, going to uh, Sunday school and all. I used to have the like the you know the various Bible stories type of setup. So it's um, oh, yep. that's where I've, that's where I've seen them from. Um, but yeah, I've got one of those as well, and it is a very nice piece. Yeah. Now what I got, I got a few comics signed by uh, Paul Ryan. Um, I wanted to be a little bit different, so I actually got some comics from around the world that had his work done in it. So, like, I had an Indian comic, um, a Norway, a Swedish comic, a Brazilian comic, an Australian comic, and then I had a magazine which had uh, from the US which had his cover on it as well. Um, so, yeah, so I, I was just wanting to be a little bit more, you know, a little bit different, a little bit novel and, um, you know, get his artwork on a little bit of extra things because most people are going to have the Australian comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just, you know, just to be a little bit different. Um, so, apart from that, I also got some uh, Halo Phantom comics. Um, Halo's... Basically, is a concept by an Australian guy up in Queensland, Brisbane, who seals the comic and grades it and stuff like that. And I think it costs about $60 to do that. Um, so I got a comic signed by Glenn Ford, and then I got a 122, which was graded at number five, and I got that uh, in the seal as well. So I was quite happy with that. Um, and then what else did I get? I got a jumper from Limitless Visions, the black hoodie. Yep, well, I really um, want to get one of those. It's actually good quality. It is yeah. very good quality. Um, and it's kind of stylish as well, which is kind of hard to say about Phantom clothes because <laughs> half the time they're not really stylish. But this one is, um, and, it's, all of, and um, it works. As well. All of Limitless Vision stuff's pretty well designed, though. So I think, you know, yeah, if, you get it through them, if you get it through them, you're pretty much set. Yeah. Definitely, and they're decent prices as well. Like they're not cheap and nasty, but you're not going to be paying a mini fortune. Yeah. Um, I got a poster from uh, Paul Ryan, um, and I also got a poster from oh, I can't remember his name. I think it was Matt Nichols or something like that. Um, so, and uh, what else did I get? I got some back issues, you know, like normal for myself. And for some other friends around the around the world, and I think that might have been it for um, at, at Supernova. Fair enough. Cool. Well, um, after we went through and bought our stuff, we of course joined up with the rest of the gang that turned up, and 
went and had some lunch, which was nice to catch up with everybody. Um, there was a little cafe, restauranty thing there that we went and stole all their chairs because there was too many of us to fit on one table. Well, we just managed to fit on one table, but it was a bit squished. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, the food was, you know, the food's average, but you kind of expect that at a place like that, you know, pumping out, you know, probably, you know, 100, 100 meals plus an hour. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the prices weren't too bad and the food was, you know, it was better than getting a dodgy dodgy uh, hot dog or, or a chip on a stick or something like that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's good to, you know, see everyone, just to be able to sit down and it was a little bit... Um, a little bit more intimate than, you know, than Supernova because, you know, there's thousands and thousands of people. So it was good to, you know, muck around and, you know, people got some silly photos and uh, had a laugh at each other and at other people's expenses and <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah, I really enjoy the lunch. It's, it's, it is, it's a nice, intimate time. Yeah, yeah, it was really good to, to talk with everyone and see what everyone's been up to. Um, and then, of course, after the after the supernova, most of us, um, I think, I think about half went back into the to their hotels to recover from walking around all day, and then some of us went back into the con to see uh, Paul Ryan's panel because that was after lunch. Um, but either way, after the convention, we all met up again for the Lee Fork Memorial Bengala, Bengala Explorers Club dinner. Um, which was at the Tattersalls Club in Pitt Street, Sydney. Uh, and as Jermaine said at the start, it was the 26th dinner, and of course the special guest was Paul Ryan. So we got to see Paul again, and he had to put up with us. Um, he also gave, obviously being the guest of honour, he gave a little speech, which we'll, we'll get to in a moment. But um, the, the Tattersalls Club, I believe, is the only location that the dinner has been held at twice. Is that right? Uh, yes. I think due to the demands of Judas Shepherd, she enjoyed it so much last year when they were there. <laughs> yeah, basically what that, that's what happened. Um, I don't mind that place. It's nice and central. Um, I think the room's getting a little bit too small for the amount of people that they had there. Yeah, well, this year um, there was a lot a lot of new people that was their first first dinner, so... Um, mm. they might not have expected to have as many people as they did come, but the room was booked out. They couldn't fit any more people in there, so it was a full house. And I, th- I think from memory there was around nine, I heard the word, I heard the number nine new people who have never come before came to the dinner on Saturday night. So um, I think that's pretty cool because it's important I think it's important to get new people coming because it keeps it fresh. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And I know when, I know when like a lot of us younger guys, like you know, like you, me, Ben, uh, uh, Gagan, and, and some of these other guys, when we first came, there was a bit of an excitement because it was like, oh, you know, there's some new people coming. Yeah. Oh, and people under forty. <laughs> yeah. And I felt, I felt it the same when there were people coming this time that were new as well. Like we had, um, uh, we had, and I'm probably going to forget some, so if you're listening to this and I forget you, please accept my apologies. But there was Trevor, 
uh, there was Duncan, uh, there was Ben's uh, partner, um, and so, you know, there was, there were a quite, uh, Steve, it was the first dinner that Steve Shepherd went to, um, so I thought it was, um, I thought it was good to see the new people as well as all the regulars and oldies and, you know, people who are as, you know, who have been going since the first couple. Yeah, yeah, it was really great to see the new people there and meet them and stuff and, you know, they're all really nice people. I, um, you know, got along really well with all of them and, so it's it's a good time. It's a good time. Um, so I suppose definitely. I suppose you should go over quickly the uh, items that were on auction. Uh, no, 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 no. We've got to talk about the food. Oh, okay. Sorry, got to talk about the food first. <laughs> got to get the priorities right, Joe. Yeah. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Um, the entrees, well, I'm not a liver pate type of guy, so I didn't like it. Um, my wife couldn't eat it because, um, because she's pregnant at the moment. And then the other entree was a vegetarian, like, anti-pasto type thing, which was actually quite nice, but it would have been nice with a bit of meat, like a bit of chorizo or something like that, because, you know, um... Let's face it, I'm, I'm a meat eater. Um, the mains was like a bit of a, a, a nice big slab of beef, which was very well cooked. Um, and uh, the wife had a fish, which was on a bed of some veggies. And she really enjoyed the fish. And she's uh, and, and Ari's a bit fussy when it comes to a fish. So for her to enjoy it means it was a decent, it was a decent cut and it was cooked pretty good. Um, dessert was a, oh, what was it? It was like a mousse cheesecake type of thing yeah. with a, a crumble prale uh, ice cream. And then, an, uh, what was the other one? Um, a cream brulee with some candied um, fruit. Um, to, for me, the mains were probably the best. Um, it was It was good food. Like, it's... You know, it's not a, uh, taking the terminology from the, uh, emails. It wasn't a bong bong club. Um, or that, you know, like the local, uh, the local, um, the local, you know, the local pub with, you know, a schnitzel and chips. You know, it's, it was decent, it's decent food. It's, you know, uh, you know, probably three, four star food that you're getting fed. So, um, it was good. Fair enough. I, um, I, I got the pate thing for the entree, which I didn't like. I wasn't too keen on the dessert. My favourite, again, would be, like you, the main, and I got the um, meat, I got the beef as well. I agree with you 100% that it was well cooked. It tasted beautiful. I just wish there was more of it. Like, I, <laughs> it's just, like, you go to these fancy restaurants, you get this humongous plate, and then in the middle is this tiny little bit of meat. Yeah, okay, it was thick. But I, wa- I wanted more for, for my money, I guess. Um, and I know that that's kind of the fancy thing now, to have small portions, um, you know, because of bloody MasterChef and all those things. But what you say about going to a pub and, you know, it being pub food, well, yeah, I agree that 
you know, a place like that shouldn't have, you know, a big, you know, a bit of steak with chips next to it. That's totally fine. But I, I just, I've been to a couple of those restaurants where they give you those smaller portions, and I always, you know, an hour later need to eat something else. And actually, when we were um, going back to the hotel, Luke, Sal, and I, we, we actually stopped and got some food. Um, so yeah, I just never feel full after those things. But it was very nice tasting. I just, like I say, wish there was more of it. So. It was actually, it would have been 200 grams or something, and that's supposed to be the limit of uh, protein or meat you eat in a day. So uh, anything more is just a waste of meat. Oh. But moving I, on. I eat 400 gram steaks for lunch, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> so moving on, talking about the... Um, uh, the items on the auction. Did you want to go through every single uh, auction? Um, you mean as well as what they sold for, or just what the items were? Uh, do you do you have the figures for this? What they sold for? No, I don't. <laughs> I just I just thought we'd okay, do a well, quick, uh, quick whip around of what was on offer. I th- I think yeah I reckon I will um. Well, we'll start from the because you've got. Have you got the uh, action catalog in front of you? Uh no, I was just going to go off the photos on the website. <laughs> okay, well, um, okay, we'll go for the photos from the website. We'll do that. Okay. Well, um, there was some stuff from Casual Friday uh, or Limitless Vision, who was a distributor here in Australia. Where you had. One of the, um, well, I had a couple of t-shirts. Uh, one was the uh, big yellow phantom face on a, I believe this is a black shirt. Um, and then we had a white shirt as well. Uh, we had one of the hoodies, um, again, with the yellow face on it. So not the same one that you got, I don't think, Jermaine. You got the one with just the, um, the silhouette kind of image, didn't you? Yeah, the silhouette holding the gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was also two uh, of the three-inch PVC figures um, up for sale as well, uh, for auction rather. There was a homemade lazy waiter in the shape of the Phantom, which I thought was quite cool. Just made out of um, wood. Someone had obviously whacked up in their shed and then you know, had, had for entertaining guests or whatever, which I thought was yeah pretty fancy. Yeah, I, I thought that was quite cool. Um, um, it was never going to fit in my suitcase. So um, it was kind of, unfortunately, it was kind of limited to people who could um, uh, drive at home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, after that, the, was, oh, sorry. What did you think of those uh, acrylic comic protectors? Uh, I thought they were a really good idea. Um, I quite like the idea of them, to be honest. Uh, there's a few issues I have in my collection that I would kind of like to put on display just because they are you know, got fancy covers or whatever. Um, you got some of those, didn't you? You and Luke. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, well, I bid it on one and there was one left and no one bid it on it, so I bid it on the other one. Um, the ones I got, I don't know what sizes he's done, but the ones that I got were a little bit bigger, a little bit too big for a free comic. Yeah. Um, but I like the concept, like you said. Um, I've got a few things that I'm eyeing and umming about putting in there. Um, so all it is is two bits of acrylic 
that are kind of screwed together, and yeah. you can buy screws. You can use screws that you can't that you can undo or you can't undo, depending on what you want to do. But um, I think it's a good idea. Um, it's cheaper than doing it through a halo, and or what the other one is, which I can't remember. Um, and the American, you know, you can. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So CGC. yeah, it's cheaper doing it. CGC. That's it. It's cheaper doing it this way, and you can open it and still read the comic or whatever you wanted to put in there. Because um, I think the guy's got different sizes as well. So I think it's a great idea. Um, what about those iPhone cases? There was two iPhone cases, an iPhone 4 and an iPhone 5 case. Yep. Um, they were quite popular. Yeah, well, I suppose a lot of people have iPhones. and I th- were, Am I mistaken or were they, like, custom-made? Because I don't think they've actually, they're not actually for sale in regular retail outlets, are they? I'm sure someone no. I someone say that they were custom, custom jobs. I think they're custom, but I think, now, don't quote me on this one, but I think they might be um, they might be going on sale eventually on the Phantom's Vault. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Maybe. I'm not quite sure on that. Yeah. Um, just before we move on to those um, PVC, those comic protectors, were they made by Bradley or did I hear uh, that? They were made by uh, Sam, a guy called Sam. Oh, okay. Um, if anyone's interested in those uh, or anything like that, um, contact us because we've got his contact details and we can pass them on to you. Yeah, I um, I didn't even yeah. think to ask at the dinner, but then afterwards I thought, oh, I wonder if Bradley put together those because, you know, he's into framing and stuff. But, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, those iPhone cases are nice. That's Glenn Ford artwork on there, I believe, isn't it? It looks like it. In the uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was done by, yeah. yeah. So then we had a couple of uh, Swedish albums. Yep. Uh, four of those. Um, we also had some uh, John Sands greeting cards. There was a couple of those as well. Yep. Oh, the, there was um, a, one of the Hot What Wheels. did you think of those uh, set of six metallic phantom? The oh co- yeah, yeah. The coasters. Yeah, there was the Hot Wheels. Yeah, what did you think of the coasters? Uh, I think they're really cool. I really like the design, which is um, being taken from an artwork, um, a pop pop art inspired artwork. Um, Glenn Ford did a little while ago. However, um, if you look at the photo on the website, you'll see the one in the bottom. Uh, right-hand corner, which is a side-on view of the Phantom. There's a printing error. I'm assuming it's a printing error, but some kind of error with the Phantom's mask. The, the uh, eye hole um, or the vision hole in the mask has sort of doubled up. Looks like it's tried to be printed oh, twice. Yeah. So, you know, you know, some people get off on that because you know, oh, it's a, it's a mistake, which makes it rarer. So they like it in their collection, but I'm I'm kind of the opposite. If it's a bit mangled, oh, not mangled. That's not the right word. But if it's it's off, it's you know, then, then that's not something that I find um, desirable. But I know some people really get get into that. So yeah, but no, they're they're a very nice set. They're a very nice set.
Righto, guys. Sorry about that. We had some technical glitches, um, but we're back now. So we'll continue talking about the um, stuff that was on auction. So there was also a whole bunch of original artwork, one of which was by Cy Barry, um, a picture of the Phantom giving a message, best wishes from the Ghost 2 Walks and the LFMBEC members. Um, it's a full uh, image of the Phantom, coloured and, of course, signed by Cy himself. Uh, there was also um, a strip from a rather recent Spider-Man newspaper strip by Alex Saviuk, uh, which has a guest appearance by the Phantom in his Mr. Walker outfit and Diana in the final panel, um, with Peter Parker standing directly behind them. Um, there was a lot of interest in, in that that piece. I yeah, there was. Um, the guy who eventually won it after about $2,000 after um, is actually a, a huge Spider-Man fan as well as the Phantom. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so I think it could have gone up to ten grand, and he still would have kept going. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Because it's the only time you're going to see the Phantom and Spider-Man yeah, together. Exactly. In the, you know, so that was a... Um, it was a very popular piece, that one. Some of the original uh, uh, covers from Paul Ryan, there was two, including one that he had coloured. They were quite popular as well. Yeah. So um, they were from issue, from Egmont issues, obviously. Uh, one yes. where uh, the Phantom and I think it's Sandal Singh, um, judging by the, by the outfit she's wearing, are being fired upon and the Phantom's firing back. Um, yep. And the other one was the one you mentioned where he's seen sort of um, between the arm and the body of the Beast Man. Uh, and that was fully color coloured. Then there were several uh, strips, uh, original art from the, from the strips by Paul Ryan. Um, there was one from uh, one of the stories invi involving the Python, um, the guy that ends up possibly killing Diana. Um, and then there was, that was a, a larger piece, that one with the python, it's, um, three panels a high. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Um, and then there was a couple of weeklies, which of course were just single, one panel high, and most were, um, two panels. Although there was one three panel, and one where the whole thing was just one giant panel, um, which I believe was fought over quite strongly. <laughs> Oh, that's the one with the boat. A lot of those, a lot of those were um, the two that I liked was the one that had the skull throne, and then the Phantom and Diana um, in uh, in the Chronicle room. Mm -hmm. That that went for that went for about four hundred odd dollars, which was which was um, almost as much as the actual um, Sunday, which was yeah, which was quite uh, interesting. Cause, but it's a nice piece because you know you've got some very iconic. Areas and then the other one, which was also very popular, which I just missed out on got, uh, on winning, um, was the Phantom, Diana, Kit, Heloise, and Devil, and some Mora fishermen in a boat saying goodbye to um, oh, what's that lady's name? Oh yeah, um, is it? No, it's not what's Savannah. her name? Yeah. That's it's Savannah. Savannah, yeah, cool. The uh, in, the Indian girl who travels on the on the ship. Yeah. 
Um, there was also two original uh, pieces of artwork from Alex Saviak as well, which was from the Moonstone and also from a Egmont and Frew issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also two um, belt buckles. Yes, there was two belt buckles, um, which was quite interesting. They're actually they're, they're actually custom done by a New Zealand guy called John. And what they they're not actual belt buckles. The design is the belt buckle, but they're actually designed as like a handle for his display cabinets in his in his new house. Oh, and so yes. he got a whole heap of them built up, and then like you know they're kind of like so he's got all these display cabinets. And then he uses those as like the handles to open them. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're very nice. They are very nice. I actually have the, if you look at the picture, the one that's more silver, that's got the silver plating, I actually have uh, uh, one of those, um, which is, is very, very nice. I, I, I quite like quite like it. Uh, there was also um, a print of the cover excuse me, of the cover of the Enter the Phantom exhibition um, that Bradley Peach had a few months ago. Um, Bradley kindly sent one of those prints up to me, and I must say it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, designed by Glenn Ford, based on the very first uh, through issue of the Phantom. Um, it's, it's very, very nice indeed. And uh, I'll let you speak about the next one, Jermaine, seeing you won it, the Phantom Club member badge, or pin, whichever you want. Yep, uh, that was, it's a very nice condition, um, I won that, that was donated by Gary, and then lastly, um, there was also the Peter's Ice Cream uh, four times poster strip. Oh yes, that's so right. So what this was, back in the day when you had the Phantom Ice Cream, this was kind of like a roll, so I don't know if anyone's ever seen like the packing stuff on like crates and all that. And it's kind of like the role, and it doubles up as advertising. Sometimes you would just get, like, one single, um, like, what would you call it, like, sheet, and then you use that as the poster. Or sometimes what they'll do is they'll get they'll get it and they'll wrap it around the bottom of the, um, uh, like, the ice cream freezer thing. Oh, yeah. And, and so what this is, this is actually three or four joined pieces together, and it's very flimsy, but um, that was quite popular, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was won by a guy in New Zealand as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian won it, I think. So, yeah, Ian, very nice guy. So I think all up, there was, it was around... Um, well, there's actually a around few Around $9,000. Yeah, there's actually two oh, items. Oh, we, we missed some. Yeah, but just before we get on to the last two... Um, you'll also notice on the photos um, on the website, um, one of the 99.94 prints of the 20th Phantom, that was um, that was one of the, what do you call it, not lucky doll prizes, um, raffle prizes um, that was awarded. I oh, yeah, actually, of course. I actually already have that print. It was gifted to me by um, one of the artists who was asked to take part in those 99.94 prints. Um, it's proudly hanging on my, on my wall. It's a beautiful thing. But the most important two pieces, which we have not yet mentioned, are two original one-of-a-kind pieces by Paul Ryan, who, oh, um, yeah. as, as we mentioned, was the guest of honour and did in front of us two live drawings complete 
from pencil sketch all the way through to complete inks and blacks and they are just the photos that we have on the website do not do them justice they were absolutely beautiful and they went for ridiculous amounts of money as you could imagine but worth every mm. cent yeah um there was there was a few guys with some very deep pockets yes there was so sorry I forgot to about me. those pieces but um so yeah, no, they're, they're, they're very nice. Yeah. So you were saying you reckon they raised somewhere around nine to $10,000? Yeah, I reckon that's a fairly, that's, you know, um, there was, because there was quite a few original art pieces that went for good prices, you know, like well over $1,000. Um, normally you might get one piece in the last couple of dinners that I've been to, you get like maybe one piece that, um, you know, go for $1,000. Yeah. Um, but there was there would have been four or five that went for a thousand at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of people were quite quick on the bids and all that, which meant that um, Antonio uh, had to um, didn't have as much time to do his uh, normal talking. <laughs> yeah, much to his disappointment, I think. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, I think uh, I remember. I'm not sure if it was you, Jermaine, or someone else said that. Um, one of the, I'm not sure if it was the first or the second one, one of the Paul Ryan images, one of the ones he drew on the night, went for just under $1,800, and one of the, and the other one went for around 1500 So there's a fair bit of money just among those two. Um, yes. And for those that may not know, um, all the money raised in the auction, so all, all that nine to $10,000, all of that gets to, uh, donated to the Children's Hospital um, in Westmead in Sydney. So it's all for a very good cause. Um, I suppose we should mention Paul Ryan's speech. He gave a talk at the dinner um, before he started drawing his first image. Basically, he told us about how he came to discover the Phantom. He's been a lifelong fan of the character and how he got the, uh, the job at Egmont, which... Um, which is very interesting. I did try and record it on my phone. Um, I haven't yet tried to, you know, make it listenable because, um, unfortunately, as far as the, the recording was concerned, Paul Ryan, um, he's a very kind man. He's a very funny man, but he's also a very quietly spoken man. So um, <clears throat> it, his voice, unfortunately, didn't pick up too well on, on the recording, but I am trying to enhance it a little bit and if I can get it to a decent quality I'll put it up on the site but um that was a very interesting interesting talk and he gave us some personal anecdotes about that time um yeah I really enjoyed it what did what did you think Jermaine folks um unfortunately we have lost jermaine his uh internet connection hasn't been terribly great tonight and technology being the fickle thing it is it has unfortunately got the better of us um however 
rather than wait for him to um, be able to come back, we decided just to push on with the episode just uh, with me. So unfortunately, you only get to listen to me for the next little while. So we were talking about um, Paul Ryan's speech. Um, and as Jermaine was trying to say before his net connection went, uh, Paul was being very candid with us. He um, obviously has a lot of respect for not only the Phantom character and, and Lee Fork, but also the people that continue to support the character and um, read the character and go to dinners such as the the clubs and, of course, listen to podcasts such as this one. But anyone that supports the character seems pretty good in Paul's books. Um, I just want to mention again the live drawings that Paul did. He did two drawings, which you can see, of course, on the website. One of the Phantom kneeling with Devil holding a spear, and one of the Phantom and Diana embracing with the moon in um, in the sky above them. Um, to watch Paul create these images was quite unlike anything I have ever seen. Um, and being someone who's been into art for their entire life and having been through art school and so forth. I've watched a lot of artists work, but none of those artists um, I have admired as much as I do Paul Ryan. It's probably going to sound a little corny or um, uh, over the top to people that aren't necessarily interested in art, um, although I doubt there's many that are many comic fans that aren't interested in art to some capacity um, or people that aren't artists themselves but to watch someone that, of the talent of Paul Ryan create a complete image from pencil to fully inked, fully blacked in the space of, oh, it wouldn't have been more than 20 minutes probably for each drawing um, very very minimal preparation sketch, construction sketch, it's just mind boggling the way I described it to a friend the other day was um you know, in, an Amer in American teen movies where the main character sees the beautiful girl that he is going to eventually fall in love with and be with by the end of the film and all the other characters and everything else just slows to a crawl and you just have this one focus on the on the beautiful girl as she walks toward him and, you know, that's like the most amazing thing in the world. Well, watching Paul Ryan draw was rather similar to that. Um, it's hard to explain just, just how amazing it was to watch him work and the skill this man has you can see it there on the page obviously but to see him create something right in front of your eyes is, was was simply amazing it was a huge privilege to be able to witness that and I'm sure everyone there at the dinner felt the same um, so as we mentioned the auction of the dinner did raise a fair bit of money somewhere between nine and ten grand which of course as we said goes to the children's hospital um, so that's, pre that's pretty much the full wrap-up uh, of the dinner and, of course, the Chronicle Champion Gathering. Um, I think we've covered everything. If we haven't, we'll try and mention it in, in a future episode. Um, I think that'll probably do us for this episode. Uh, we'll cover um, the little bit of news that's come up between the recording of the last episode, episode 11, and this one in a future episode. But until then, I hope everyone has a good... Has a good week, a good weekend, and we will definitely catch you again soon. Oh, and don't forget to check us out on the website if you haven't already, chroniclechamber.com. Um, and of course, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, and um, 
we have the Phantom Collectors group on Facebook as well. All the links to those are on the website. Right, guys, thank you very much for listening. Again, apologies for the technical difficulties. Hopefully, we'll have it sorted for episode 13. Right, guys, talk to you next time. Bye.